When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hey everybody, let me talk to you here for a second. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Here, let me explain real quick. First off, it's free. That is the best word in the English language. Free. There's also a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and much, much more You can make money from your podcast as well with no minimum listenership. That's big. I mean, huge for brand new podcasters. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Just download the free Anchor app or go to anchorfm.com to get started. The been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. You seem to be the man, you gotta beat the man. Well, in the Indiana Hoosier Dome at WrestleMania 8, when the smoke clears, I'm gonna be the man to beat the man. But I'm not gonna be beating a man, I'm gonna be beating a one million percent liar. Yeah, I am no angel, but you are the dirtiest player ever to play the game. Messing with the reputation of my wife, you will never survive. No, you won't. You're gonna be damaged good, just like Elizabeth. You gotta watch that out. You gotta face the best wrestler alive today, the WWF Heavyweight Champion, WrestleMania. This is the day that wrestling like Hulkamania either lives forever or it's all downhill. What happened at Royal Rumble? 
It was simple. I was the last man standing. I would be the world champion if it wasn't for you, Hogan, pulling me out from outside the ring. pay you a visit at Wrestlemania. And what you're gonna do when Hulk Hogan, the Maniacs, and the whole WWF run wild on you. All I care about is one thing. I want to win back the Intercontinental Belt. You got it. I'm gonna take it. Why do it here when I can have a million people watch me rip your head off? Is the main event. This is the main event, Mark's podcast, WrestleMania edition. Now on the Unhinged Sports Network, I am your first host, lifelong wrestling fan, former radio guy and cat dad, Troy Adams. And with me as always, he is the WWE walking wrestling encyclopedia, the main event collector and the man who is going to kiss those moist, wet lips of your wife. He is the Mountie to my repo man. He's Greg. What's up, Greg? I'm just gonna say no to all of that. Come on, you don't want to. You don't want to. All of it. Recre- You don't want to recreate the rapey promo of uh, I don't know. <laughs> the Nature Boy. Nor do I want to be a Mountie. Oh, come on! That one was a slant. Everybody wants to be the Mountie. <laughs> all right. Sure. <laughs> You're very liberal with that word, everybody, aren't you? Okay, everybody from Canada wants to be the Mountie. I mean, he's he's a national hero, right? You've been to Canada. Don't they have, like, posters of him up everywhere? Yeah, him and Gretzky, man, they're everywhere. Yeah, you know, next to next to everybody's fireplace, or on, or on the mantle of everybody's fireplace in Canada, they have three pictures. They have Jesus, Wayne Gretzky, and the Mountie. And Robin and th- Sparkles. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Bret Hart, they keep his picture by the bed. And somebody's like, do you have protection? It's like, of course, Bret Hart will protect us. He's their sharpshooter. Bum, bum. <laughs> Hell, yeah. All right. Well, before we, after that stupid intro, before we get into the event at hand, I want to let you know that we are here at the main event March. We are sponsored by Fubo TV and Fanatics. Click on the links down in the description. It is sports season, so you're definitely going to want to go check out Fanatics. But uh, besides that, on Fubo TV, you can sign up right now. They have not just sports, but over 100 stations uh, in your area that uh, you can sign up for. And they have everything on demand. So if you miss something, you can go back and watch it on demand. It's that easy. Fubo TV. But this one is 1992, WrestleMania 8. And this was this was very strange if you look at it from the time period because you think about a lot of people on the show i i didn't think about it until i was watching i'm like man this is like um the nwa invasion of of uh, wwf at this time the two top matches on the card you've got sid vicious and rick flair who were you know mainstays wcw for their career up until this point and then we've got, uh, you know, a handful of other guys from the NWA or, you know, and guys that would eventually go to WCW after this. I feel like Shawn Michaels is the only one that stuck around. Yeah. <laughs> in, in the Undertaker. Yeah. <laughs> That's it, though. Yeah. We'll get into all of that. But we're going to take our first break here. 
And when we come back, we're going to get into the news and notes of the time. That's what we do on this show. So we're going to take you back to the year 1992 for this one. We'll be right back. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. It's the very best of professional wrestling's past every Monday on Retro Wrestling Review. I'm your host, Troy, and together we'll hop on my time-traveling wrestling ring and watch along to the greatest matches from yesteryear in the sport of kings. As complex, as controversial, and as brilliant, really, as he is. On Triple R, we'll cover matches from across the world, including American territories, Canada, Mexico, and Japan. Fast action, lots more than that. You'll learn some things, find out about wrestlers and matches you never even knew about, and we'll have some laughs. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Retro Wrestling Pod. Retro Wrestling Review is available wherever you get podcasts, including YouTube, served up fresh every Monday morning. Unbelievable! The crowd absolutely stunned! Hey guys, this is Gabby Douglas. If you have an active lifestyle like me, hydration is key. That's why I love the Hydration Watermelon Smoothie from Smoothie King. Blended with whole fruits, coconut water, and more electrolytes than some of the leading sports drinks, Hydration Watermelon is the cleaner way to hydrate with no artificial colors, flavors, or preservatives. So you can recover and perform at your peak ability during the summer heat. Order online or through the app for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. Main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Now back to the show. All right, we're back. But before we get into the news and notes, if you're not already listening on the Unhinged Sports Network, tune in to unhingedsn.airtime.pro or just unhingedsn.com. You can hear us every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We drop at the same time NXT and AEW Dynamite go live. We should have dropped it on Tuesday so we can say we beat Impact. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's uh, that that's something to shoot. Right, I I watch Impact before anybody talks crap. Okay, I do. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's not. It's, it's, it's been pretty good lately. Right, oh, the, the fun thing to do is take a shot at Impact's numbers. Hell, Tony Schiavone and Tony Khan do it every week. <laughs> yeah, there are big changes in the WCW bean counting hierarchy as Jack Petrick has now followed Jim Hurd out the door, and Bill Shaw replaced him as the president of WCW. Petrick's official reason for leaving is that he's working on some kind of 24-hour cartoon network that uh, Turner is going to put together. That probably won't go anywhere. I wonder how that's going to work out. (laughs) Yeah, it's not going to go anywhere. It's going to be a flop. Nobody wants to watch cartoons 24-7. That's (laughs) stupid. Uh, Bill Shaw's first Oh, man, I got to watch No, sorry. (laughs) Bill Shaw's first act was to appoint Bob Dew as Kip Fry's immediate supervisor. Yes, this was the Kip Fry era, which, oddly enough, wasn't much better than the Jim Hurd era. Or actually, it might have been worse. That's virtually impossible. I, you would think. But they were like, who's not doing anything right now? Kip, you run WCW. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But yeah, this was a, uh, a weird time in WCW. A lot of, lot of changes. Jim Hurd going out the door is literally the reason why we wouldn't be seeing Ric Flair much more past uh, the show right here. When did he actually leave? Was it uh, June? 
No. Um, he's in the 1993 Royal Rumble, so we will see him oh, for a long really? time. Oh, yes. okay. Well, well, I, I guess that was the reason he, you know, when he had the chance to jump out of the contract, he, he did. But at the same time, you and I talked about Ole was in charge when he made the jump, and that wasn't exactly great, you know. Well, yeah, because Flair ruined it by losing the credenting on TV. What the yeah. hell could Ole do with him? <laughs> Who's going to believe that you're an actual threat to the world champion after you lose to Mr. Perfect? All right. It's, this was really sad. This was really, really sad. <laughs> and it was odd. And then, you you know, you think about it. Well, it's odd that the player's own mouth, by the way, that's why I heard this. So that's how I know it's true. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, and it's funny that, uh, you know, years later, Flair and, and Hennig would have a big feud in WCW. So, yeah, Flair yeah. Would, I mean, and Hennig would close the door on the horseman. Yeah. Uh, here's one uh, kind of out of left field. Van Hammer didn't actually check into rehab, as previously reported, but but he instead went to a psychiatric facility for, quote, personal problems. I, I don't know if those personal problems were ever revealed. Uh, I'm not making fun of that. It's not funny. No, but no, no. It's just there's a Van Hammer story on here. That's just wow. I, I know this. Well, this is the thing. Like Van Hammer's had a lot of issues throughout his life, career, whatever. If you remember a couple of years ago, wasn't he arrested for? Like holding, like uh, doing some crap. I don't even remember what the hell he did exactly, but I, I know he no showed. I, <laughs> I know he no showed. Uh, oh, that, that's why uh, he he got arrested or something. He had some issues going on when he no showed Starcast that one time. You you remember when that happened? I remember Conrad Starcast? saying that on one of the podcasts. Yes. He buried Van Hammer until he found out uh, he's got some issues going on, and then he pulled back on it. He was like, oh, I hope he gets some help, you know, whatever. But apparently. Conrad pays everybody ahead of time that wants to be paid ahead of time, you know, just yeah. like a goodwill, whatever. And he took the money and split. So, uh, needless to say, you know, okay. Conrad was happy. Uh, I'm going to get in trouble for this, but why the hell did you find it necessary to have Van Hammer at StarCast? He was, at was some point, show. it's not entirely Van Hammer's fault. <laughs> well, it was, it, that was the, the StarCast where he was having, like, everybody from, like, 92, 93 WCW. I don't care. He was well, he was getting like the jobbers, the mid card guys. Okay, again, I don't care. Van Hammer? Really? Yeah, because like, I mean he was a part of WCW for a long time and he, he got worse people than Van Hammer, I'll say that. He got the I think he got the yeah, that was the one he had the ding dongs. That would be chalked up as irony, but <laughs> just Well so he got them I think he had Muda. He had Sting paint, uh, do the okay, uh, you 1990 just up the Ding Dongs with Great Muda and Sting. I Well, I said they went from jobbers to main eventers, but I don't know if oh he got... Oh, my God, uh, you should be slapped for that. I don't think he had uh, Ron Simmons on that one, because I don't know if Ron Simmons is uh, contracted WWE or what, but here's another another name that you're going to be like, oh, my gosh, you said that. Uh, oh, okay. El- let, me, let me prepare myself. <laughs> Okay. El Gigante is probably gone from WCW at this point because no one mentions his name. Oh, no. And what point is this, March? Yeah. Uh, so he wouldn't yeah, even debut April. for 10 months in WWE. Yeah. So At least on TV. Well, you got to take time to let it, you know, simmer, and then you got to, you know, let the people forget about him, and then you debut him with that awesome new outfit. And giant. And WCW always wore like biker shorts and like a tight shirt. It's not yeah, like yeah. it was a huge downgrade. 
Uh, I would rather he wear the biker the, shorts. He grew out the mullet, though. That looked pretty sweet. Oh, yeah, and his big old beard. Because he was clean-shaven through most of his WCW run, if I remember correctly. But, you know he doesn't yeah. get credit for? He was a really built big dude. Uh, yeah. It, when he was El Gigante, there were a couple times, I'm like, my gosh, he's just lanky. Like, he's really tall. Yeah, but, but like, he was lanky. not, like, he was not, like, girthy. He was just, like, no, huge. Well, because he was a basketball player, so he had that, he, you could definitely tell when he was El Gigante. But that was the thing with him. Like, he just kept getting jobs where you're like, ah, why? And I'm not trying to bury the dead, but, I mean, like, it's kind of, you know, common knowledge at this point. It's not like I'm hiding anything by not, you know, by saying he was bad. But he uh, he apparently was signed to the Atlanta Hawks, uh, you know, because he played basketball in Argentina. And they were like, but, you know, he's he's going to be the next, uh, you know, well, Shaq was Shaq playing at the time. I don't know my basketball history. No, I don't think so. Not yet. OK, okay. Uh, I can't he maybe just get ready to come into the league. Yeah, okay, OK, so he actually probably was playing at the time. just not in the NBA. <laughs> Ah, uh, yeah. But they Let's were like, go, uh, Kim Olajuwon. He was about that big. <laughs> right. Yeah, they were like, well, he's he's huge. He's just going to, you know, stand there and, and whatever. But he sucked. So they. Well, they sucked. <laughs> they released him, but they saw, I guess, uh, WCW personnel saw him in the CNN Center. And they were like, holy crap. He'll, he'll be our next Andre. And so then they also. So it's not just Vince saying that. Seeing that. Oh, my yeah. God. Get him. <laughs> yeah, they were like, he's huge. He, that that was the whole thing. Apparently, they just kept. He'll be the next Andre. He'll be our Andre. It's like, yeah, but Andre was good and had a brain. It just apparently this guy was a super nice guy, not very smart. So I mean, I just my my favorite story was always Jim Ross training for promos, and he was like, all right, and go, and he goes, mm, Ric Flair, I kill you. And he's like, you're not killing anybody, George. <laughs> He's like, we, we can't promote murder. All right, you're, you're talking about what you're, you know, you're, you're mad at him. All right, let's go again. He goes, hmm, Ric Flair, I kill you. It's like, yeah, damn it. No, no, you're not, no, you're not killing anybody. Let's, let's go again. Can't promote murder, but yet they promoted the murder of the entire company. Oh, my gosh. That's the ironic part. Dif- different administrations, Craig. <laughs> uh, but going, going from one Jim story to another. Jim Cornette's new Smoky Mountain Wrestling holds their first big show on May 22nd uh, to crown their first champion and tag champs. I, I didn't look it up to see who won those matches, but it, it's probably some rednecks. I'm going to say the tag champs were either the Midnight Express, who I know were already out because of Jim Hurd, or mm-hmm. the Heavenly Bodies. Uh, I think it was the Rock and Roll. Hmm. So. Secret option number three. Yeah, there you go. I don't know who the first champion was, like, you know, quote-unquote world champion, heavyweight champion, I couldn't whatever. Even, but I couldn't even tell you who was in the company, so. Dirty White Boy. I know he was one of their big names. That was, those, uh, that was the plumber, right? Yeah, T.O. Hopper. Yeah. <laughs> he was actually skinny back then and had some hair. I, I like how he's I like, like that I got... back then. We're talking 92, and he debuts in 95. So in three years, he gains all that weight and loses all that hair? In three yep. years? Yep. Oh, well, Cornette said when he's like, I, ah, you know, oh, when he was, you know, because Cornette was talking about, he's like, oh, well, when Tony Anthony was in uh, WWF, he's like, I mean, he got pretty doughy at that point. He's like, he did not look like that when he worked for me. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, but I don't know. I, I could three never years, look at him. Though, man. I mean, that's what, that's my sticking point. This whole thing in three years, he looked like that. He got that perennial jobber money, man. 
Right, come on. I'm not. I'm not making fun of anyone's look. Don't get me wrong. It's just like that's a drastic change in three years, dude. Yep. I and mean, we're not talking like cutting your hair and stuff like that. We're talking losing your hair and gaining like a thousand pounds. I'm like, dude, man. <laughs> Good grief. It's not, I'm not laughing. I swear I'm not. It's just like, what the hell did you do? Uh, went doing all you can eat buffet and quit going to Planet Fitness. I don't know. <laughs> uh, he goes to Planet Fitness. <laughs> yeah. Eastern Championship Wrestling debuted on March 24th with the usual local guys like Johnny Hotbody, DC Drake, and JT Smith on top. Man, there's a trio you won't forget. Uh, the only uh, name I know who? is J- the only name I know is JT Smith because he was one he was the black guy in F- in the FBI. That's right, yeah. No. The rest of them, I was like, hey, Johnny Hotbody. That sounds like a missed oh. opportunity for John er, for John Morrison. <laughs> Should have been one of his names. No, that's just who he is. Yeah, well, that's that. Yeah, that's his nickname, not necessarily his his uh, wrestling name. I believe he himself has that trademark, so they can't use it on TV without paying yeah. him. Yeah, right. Well, speaking of hot body, uh, superstar Billy Graham on the heels of Ooh, this should his, be good. <laughs> on the heels of all of oh, his whistle sorry. blowing. Sorry, let me let me guess. This is the thing about the Donahue. Thing. Am I right? Uh, elaborate. He was on the Phil Donahue show about the steroid scandal and all that. Ah, uh, uh, it's technically unrelated. Oh, okay. That's uh, that. I remind- took the shot. Okay, well that that uh, kind of opens my eyes to what you know this first line because it says on the heels of all his whistle blowing. So mm-hmm. I was like, uh, I ass- I mean, the first thing that came to mind, and I didn't even know, but I was like. Did he talk about steroids and ding, ding, ding when you know who won the pony? <laughs> yeah. I remember seeing this because it was it's on YouTube and he's on there. Vince is on there and freaking Dave Meltzer's on there. He's rocking. Oh, that's the, the sweetest one. mullet you've ever seen, by the way. Oh, yeah. Great day for that. But, um, yeah, it's it's just funny because Vince never calls him Billy or Billy Graham. He always calls him Superstar. <laughs> that's awesome. Like, uh, I love that. That's awesome. He doesn't really... He still respects his legacy, if you ask me, and he'd do that, but... Yeah, well, I mean, if, if you ask Meltzer, he's, he'd probably say, oh, Vince is still in carny mode, but whatever. Either way, uh, they uh, Superstar underwent surgery for replacing his artificial hip and suffering a partially collapsed lung during the operation, uh, losing a lot of blood in the process. Yeah, man. That guy's never yeah. not had health problems. Yeah. Well, if anybody checks out uh, my latest side project, Retro Wrestling Review. Uh, I, I actually covered a few matches. We I do like a watch-along format, and I did for uh, Superstar Billy Graham in like the late 70s for my first episode. And he's got like a full head of hair, but you can tell he's it's kind of thinning. And I'm sitting there like, man, in five years, you'd be like cue ball bald. I think he did it on himself, though. I think he just shaved it. Yeah, but well... He, he was starting to have the Hulk Hogan thing, because if you look, like, right before he shaved it, it was getting pretty thin. <sighs> but, yeah, and this guy, when was it he was in WCW doing the Karate Man gimmick? I don't remember. I think that was late 80s, whatever. It's just like, oh, we have Superstar Billy Graham, yeah, and, and he's Ethan, wearing— Ethan Page wasn't even born yet. Yeah, right, yeah, and that was the inspiration. But I, I just love how they're—you know, it's like, oh, we have Superstar Billy Graham— way past his prime with a ton of health problems and he's dressed like he's going to be in Beverly Hills Ninja or something. 
whatever. Some more bumbling whatever with health problems and whatnot. Here we go. Carrie Von Erich was arrested again after failing to attend rehab as a condition for his release after his last arrest, and he spent two hours in jail and paid $7,500 in bail to get out. Carrie is claiming that he already completed a rehab program, quote, in California, and ended up spending the entire two hours that he was in jail just signing autographs for other prisoners. Wow. Yeah. Ah, man. Carrie just, he had a lot of issues, man. Yeah. I know, stating the obvious here, but it was, like, easy target at this time because just, like, he, it was like he was always arrested. He was always, you know, getting super high and messed up and couldn't perform or something. It's just like, ugh. I feel bad yeah. for the entire family. Yeah. It yeah, was just a curse, man. Yeah, there, I mean, there is a lot to be said about, you know, generational curses, family curses, whatever. I mean, there was that. You, you look at the, the Graham family with Eddie and, and uh, Mike Graham, where it's like uh, Eddie's father committed suicide. Eddie committed suicide. Mike's son committed suicide. I think Mike's brother might have committed suicide. Then Mike committed suicide. And like, good grief. Like that entire family, the men just killed, all killed themselves. And then there was, like, I don't understand it. I just like, it's, I mean, I know it happens weird. I mean, it sucks, but like, how does the whole family do it? Like individually? I know. It's, it's, it, I don't it, think it, I ever want to understand bad. that. It's just heartbreaking. I don't ever want to understand that. Yeah. Was it, and I mean, two is bad enough, but was it only two Von Erics that killed themselves? Chris and Carrie? I feel I, like there was a couple more, actually. It was on that history of the uh, WCCW documentary. Yeah. I, I know uh, David died of, of you know, a, a, an actual, like, sickness. Like, his stomach ruptured. I, I don't remember the others. But, yeah, it's uh, not good. Bad. But Mike is the one I always forget. I... I I always forget. How do you forget him, man? He never drew a dime. And you're wow. And you're right. He did commit suicide. Apparently, he drank uh, drank alcohol and overdosed on sleeping pills. So he, the one out of three suicides, that didn't shoot himself. And I'm not saying that to be funny. I'm just like that's how they died. It's sad. But anyway, I loved, I loved Kelly when I was a kid, man. He was that was my guy. He was cool. He was a good wrestler. He looked good. I mean, it's just like he was charismatic. I remember I mean, watching SummerSlam 90, I think it was. Yeah, when he won the Intercontinental title, man, I just went crazy. Was he just the Texas Tornado at that point, or was he actually his I name? I think he was Texas Tornado Kerry Von Eric. They would drop Kerry Von Eric very soon. Yeah, okay. Uh, well, speaking of uh, drugs here, the WWF held wow, press. Sorry about that segue. Well, I, you'll see why. <laughs> The WWF held a press conference with a new steroid czar, Mauro uh, De Pascal. Sorry, where... sorry, did you say czar? Yeah, steroid czar. What the hell is a steroid czar? He overlooks the lack there of steroids, I guess. I, I don't know. Okay. But anyway, uh, Mauro... Oh, I was 10 years old when I learned that one. <laughs> yep. Uh, well, like in politics, they're like, well, we have to have a climate czar and, uh, and, uh, you know, this, the czar and that czar. Like, like, what's with all the czars, man? But anyway, uh, Moro de Pascal was apparently the first Moro in WWF. 
uh, where they again parroted the line of crap about how 50% of wrestlers tested positive initially, and now it's down 15%. Morrow is claiming that the company will be, quote, clean in May beyond IOC standards. Yeah, right. Yeah. So. How do you get beyond IOC? It's literally as high as you can get. Wow, that's a horrible way to say it. Um, <laughs> like, that's well, like the top of the heap as far as drug testing goes. Has USADA passed them up? I don't think so. Okay. Seeing as they still allow some stuff. Like, oh, you know, really? I mean, obviously, it has to be exempt, but like, you know, with with, um, with the IOC, though, you strict. can't have anything. Wow. Well, they are strict. It's just like if you have exemptions, you can, you know, I mean, like Doctor Says, whatever. Yeah. Not in the Olympics, though. I like how this this article I was reading uh, had a picture to accompany it. It was a picture of uh, Ultimate Warrior in 1992, and it said, clean beyond IOC standards. <laughs> I'm going to leave that one alone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, and hey, I love Ultimate Warrior, so I ain't touching that. So. I do, too. I, I, I mean, it's just at this point, it's like low hanging fruit. But here we go. You know, we've talked about this guy a couple times. Everybody's favorite mushnick in wrestling. Phil Phil Mushnick uh, immediately wrote a scathing critique of the press conference because, of course, he effing did. Hold on, sorry, real quick. This is the guy that went off on them for Brian Pillman's death, right? Yeah. And he also went off on WCW before, you know, back when they were the good promotion, quote unquote. He went off on them saying that no civilized person should watch the show and Turner needs to cancel it because he's embarrassing his entire company by having – WCW on the books and blah, blah, blah. So, yeah. Anyway, An educated man. Okay, cool. <laughs> right. But he called the press conference a, quote, tip sheet for steroid junkies and mocking them for trying to portray the positive benefits of steroids and treatments of MS. Quote, oh, so that's it. The WWF steroid use was merely an experiment to aid in research of muscle disease, end quote. Uh, Mushnick also pointed out the blatant contradiction of Vince going on Larry King and claiming there was, quote, zero steroid use in the WWF and then holding a press conference where he said it was 15 percent. All right. That one. I'll, I'll give him that one. That was a, how can you go on Larry King and be like, there is absolutely zero steroid use. And then a couple days later, you're like, oh, we're down to 15 percent. Like, well, maybe he tested everybody in 15 percent of them. I, I don't know. Yeah. That's, I don't know. Dumb. Look, at the end of the day, I hate it. It's, it's should, No one should do it. But, you know, wrestling is not a like combat sport or anything like that. So yeah, this is just for aesthetics. And I'm not, like, endorsing it. Yeah. I'm well, just Arne saying. Anderson, Jim, Arne Anderson, Jim Ross, and a few others have talked about, they're like, why can't we have steroids in wrestling? It's like, yeah, it's not healthy. And, you know, if, if done, they say, well, I, they did point out, they said, okay, if you're going to do steroids, you know, Talk to your doctor about it and do it, you know, as healthy as you could possibly do it. Well, first and uh, foremost, don't. <laughs> yeah. Well, they said, you know, you can get a doctor telling you the proper way to use steroids. So you're not like, you know, killing well, yourself. Yeah, there are legal steroids out there. Yeah. But they said they're like, I don't understand. They're like, it's not a sport. Are you going to go drug test all the people on Broadway? Like, I don't like, who cares? Well, at this point now, I get it. it's a bad PR. Like. In this day and age, I get it. Yeah. Well, of course. Yeah, here, of course. But and with the dirty doctors and whatever that they supposedly had, it was bad. But I don't know. I, I agree. Just want to make it clear. I'm not endorsing it. It's just like. Right. Like there's so many other places that you should be stopping steroids first. 
you know, yeah, pro wrestling is just like boxing I mean, should be the top one. MMA should be you know tops. I didn't well, say MMA first because there was no MMA back then. But well, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna put a caveat on it. I'm not I'm not advocating abusing steroids because you can abuse. I you know, but if you use steroids in a controlled way, whatever, it's like I mean, whatever. It's it's not you should get yeah you shouldn't. You're gonna but, kill yourself. You, don't do it, but. Yeah, um, but it's like it's, that's kind of your own business, I, I guess. Think it, I think it's in the same line as smoking. Don't do it. It's horrible. Yeah. But it's your decision as long as you're not cheating to win a game or something. You know, you, yeah. and this you one do is, you. Yeah, and this one is like, but, I mean, you can argue. It's like, well, if you do steroids, you'll look better. If you look better, they'll want to promote you. Therefore, it's helping you get ahead. Yeah, but then but on the other side of the coin, it's like you can look better, but you're going to be dead soon. You know, you yeah. never know. So it's like. Well, well my. my uh, reply to that is like there are a lot of muscle bound meatheads that didn't get the top spot and you know I mean and and I'm not saying this guy did steroids that's not what I'm saying I'm just talking about the, how he looked I mean Mason Ryan was gigantic and he looked like he would be a top guy but he was you know shoved down the card because he sucked so you know you can make yourself look great all you want but it's not necessarily a, a performance enhancer in wrestling but so, uh, getting, to sum it up don't do steroids. Yeah, all. basically. Don't. But getting on to uh, a couple of lawsuit stories here. We talked about this one, uh, I think, last week, uh, perhaps. I, I can't remember. It, in a previous episode, we talked about this. On the Geraldo Rivera show. Quote, oh, uh, God. <laughs> apparently it was sorry, called, that's just a horrible segue to anything. So, okay, sorry. Apparently it was called Now It Can Be Told. I, I didn't know. I just always thought it was just the Geraldo Rivera show. But anyway, uh, they revealed a big accusation from former referee Rita Chatterton, who made claims that Vince promised her $500,000 a year and a major magazine cover in exchange for sex. She claims that Vince forced her to have sex in in his limo in July of 1986, and when she refused further acts, she was fired as a referee. The statute of limitations has since expired, but her lawyer is pressing onwards because he feels that he can prove that it was a constant pattern with the company. The story was corroborated by former limo driver Joe Stewart, who also has a lawsuit pending against Vince. Uh, disgruntled employee backing up another disgruntled employee. <laughs> wow. I'm just going to say this. I, I don't think this ever went anywhere. And yeah, the statute of limitations were over. And what's the point of filing it after the statute of limitations is over? I, I really don't know. And then and here's my thing. She knew she was going to lose, which is exactly why she went on national television to drop this. Because, well, if I can't win in actual court, I'll drag his name through the mud. I'm not saying it 1000 percent because obviously neither you nor I were there. I can't say beyond a shadow of a doubt that nothing happened. But I'm I mean, I'm going with, you know, nothing was proven. Nothing uh, it, it, like it's a pattern of behavior. Like, so you can prove that he was raping other women. I don't think so. <sighs> I don't know. It just seemed like a, a weird time of, of all the things Vince had, you know, had been accused of throughout the years. This is one of the weirdest ones that kind of I was like, whoa. All right. <sighs> but yeah. we go to this one. You might remember this one. Another referee named Michael Clark claims that he was fired after refusing an advance from Terry Garvin. Garvin allegedly offered Clark a green card to get into the U.S., plus $500 and bookings all throughout Canada as a referee in exchange for oral sex. 
Clark further noted that there was a group of referees and ring boys doing favors for Pat Patterson and Terry Garvin. Never heard that one before. Wait, was Terry Garvin gay? Yeah. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, whatever, and, but I just, I didn't know that. Um, right. But I don't know who that guy, that guy is. Yeah. He was a well, referee? Yeah. Apparently, was he on any notable shows? Um, I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't know him if I if I saw him. I mean, like I said, he was just a referee. So I I had heard of the story because people talked about you know Pat Patterson was offended because he was the uh, you know quote unquote the other gay guy, so he got pulled into all this. Nothing ever got proven. They I think that they did be a let, thing for that poor man. Yeah, I yeah I know he always got accused of stuff because he was the gay guy. And I guess uh, pretty rotten, but I think Garvin did get let go because of this. And I think like I think they did prove that he was, you know, uh, promising people things if they did him, you know, sexual favors and whatnot. So I didn't know that. OK, well, I mean, I think that don't you know, I that's what I remember. But if I'm wrong, it's a very dark time me. in wrestling, man. Just a steroid trials coming up and everything. Holy crap. Sex scandals, drugs. You picked a hell yeah, of a year, dude. Yeah, 1992 was weird. God, yeah, this is like some of my most hardcore fandom, too, looking back. It was a good year as far as, like, the on-screen product, I'll say. But, yeah, behind the scenes was a little, um, it's a little rough. Last thing here uh, is a little lighter in the mood. This was another one that is, like, you know, talk about the WCW invasion of WWF at the time. Lex Luger appeared on the WWF Superstars show to plug the World Bodybuilding Federation, WBF. Uh, they had a weekly Wait. show. He was on Superstars before WrestleMania? Yes. Oh, I always thought his debut was at WrestleMania 8. No, he was on a, an episode of Superstars, and then he was on WrestleMania. And apparently, Kip Fry was furious. He went on a radio show and acknowledged that there was a loophole in the contract that technically allowed Luger to do that. But he said that it made the WWF look like slime balls. But as long as he doesn't wrestle, it was fine. When did he actually debut as a wrestler? I believe he debuted as the narcissist at Royal Rumble 1993. Oh, I don't okay. think he was wrestling yet before that. Yeah. Because it was, quote, the big unveil. <laughs> yeah. I like how he's, like, working a pro wrestling gimmick on the WBF. Like, eh. Hey, guess who was like not a total hater of that, by the way? You'll never be- you'll never believe it. Because you said like that, I'm going to say Jim Cornette. <laughs> no, uh, oh. no, he hated it. He said it was, oh. he said it was because that stupid. would be a shocking thing to me. It <laughs> would say, guess who wasn't a hater? Cornette. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Dave Meltzer actually said it wasn't that bad. Shocker. Yeah. The one thing Gosh. he likes is the bodybuilding. Yeah. And, and anybody mean, who listens knows. I, yeah. I've said forever, like, the guy's only good thing is, good lord, he is freaking ripped. Yeah, I know. I seriously think he can rip a tree trunk in half if he wanted to. Yeah, he's 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 a large man. Uh, he, he is, like, the least intimidating jack dude I've ever seen in my life, though. <laughs> it's the hair. <laughs> it's the hair, it's the face, it's the clothes he wears. I mean, the there's that press When I saw him at the Shark Tank, dude, he was wearing... Uh, like MC Hammer style pants and um, a fanny pack. So there you go. <laughs> he strikes me as one of those guys that tucks his T-shirts into his jeans and then wears a belt. Oh, good he, old boy. 
That's what everybody born before like 1980, I'd say, all do that. So I don't know, but yeah, he's a he's a jacked mofo. But all right, we're gonna take our next break. When we come back, we're gonna dive right into WrestleMania eight from April of 1992. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. It's the very best of professional wrestling's past every Monday on Retro Wrestling Review. I'm your host, Troy, and together we'll hop on my time-traveling wrestling ring and watch along to the greatest matches from yesteryear in the sport of kings. As complex, as controversial, and as brilliant, really, as he is. On Triple R, we'll cover matches from across the world, including American territories, Canada, Mexico, and Japan. Fast action, lots more than that. You'll learn some things, find out about wrestlers and matches you never even knew about, and we'll have some laughs. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Retro Wrestling Pod. Retro Wrestling Review is available wherever you get podcasts, including YouTube, served up fresh every Monday morning. Unbelievable! The crowd absolutely stunned! Has it been a while since you flipped that thermostat from heat to cool? Turn to the experts at Griffith Energy Services before you do for an $88 AC start and check to make sure your AC is in tip-top shape. Griffith specializes in carrier, but services all brands. Visit GriffithEnergyServices.com today. Your local carrier expert. That's GriffithEnergyServices.com. License number MDHVACR01-2278. Griffith Energy Services. Doggone dependable. Main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Now back to the show. All right, we're now back. We're about to dive into the event at hand. But first, make sure you click on the links down in the podcast description for Fubo TV and Fanatics. They are our sponsors today. And also, if you're not listening to us on the Unhinged Sports Network, go to unhingedsn.com every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern. That is uh, right when AEW and NXT kick off all right so you're ready to dive into wrestlemania 8 here i think so i thoroughly right. enjoyed this but yeah it was a good one the end. uh wrestlemania 8 took place april 5th 1992 it had dueling taglines the first one was friendship torn apart and the second one was the macho flare affair it took place in the hoosier dome in indianapolis indiana or as we used to call your kids the hoosier mama dome Good Lord. Of course you did. I, you know, I was, uh, what do you call it? What's that word? Uh, immature 11, 12 year old. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, if they hadn't already announced like the next, what, three WrestleManias and where they're going to be and whatever, I really wish, you know, for the 30 year anniversary of this, they'd go to Lucas oil stadium. They don't, they're not going to go there now. Cause there's not much to do there. I know. But back then, they just put it there. Like, what the hell is it doing in Indianapolis? I Go get look at that. the Kate Manning statues? I, I know. I, I get that. And, you know, I, I get that they want to have, you know, an, uh, an experience or whatever. But there's a lot of venues around there. It, it's it's a beautiful arena. I, that I would stadium, love, pal. Or stadium, whatever. I would love to go there. 
and it's like two hours from my house. So I don't know. I can see the Colts stadium from my house. Good lord. Uh, <laughs> but the attendance was 62,000. Well, they, they haven't announced WrestleMania 40 yet, by the way. So there's that. Yeah, I'm not holding my breath. I but think that's the, going back to New Orleans personally, but okay. But the attendance was 62,167. The pay-per-view buy rate was 2.33, which amounted to 360,000 buys. This was the third WrestleMania in a row that the buy rate dropped. WrestleMania 9 had a 70,000 buy increase from WrestleMania 8. Because Yokozuna is over. Yeah, it's like uh, people credit that to it's like, oh, it was a nice change of pace in the main event. It's like, I guess, but like you'd rather see that. I, all right. WrestleMania 9 sucked, by the way, just if, if people don't already know. But uh, yeah, Uncle Dave says that, quote, uh, let me try that again. Uncle Dave says, quote, the announced crowd of 62,000 people at the Hoosier Dome was, uh, he said it, it was uh, heavily papered. Not only that, but the final 30,000 tickets averaged about $10 each, leaving the gate at around $1.25 million, which was about half of what they projected. But the opening package was a typical early 90s WWF opener with Vince McMahon hyping up the show and yelling at us. I used to dig those. And they were the best, man. Yeah, I know. WrestleMania six still the standard, but I wonder if he could if, if he could still muster that up, like screaming at us before a pay per view. Did you see his send off to the Undertaker? No. Yeah. Okay. Well, no, he he couldn't still do that to this day. He ah, barely that's... could scream the Undertaker. So. Ah, that sucks. Uh, but the actual show opens with Reba McIntyre singing the Star Spangled Banner. That actually threw me for a loop because I was expecting her to sing America the Beautiful. Yeah, they, they always do America the Beautiful. They, they And I guess when Bruce Pritchard was asked about it, it's like, why doesn't he go with Star Spangled Banner? He said, mm, he likes uh, America the Beautiful better. Like, okay, simple answer. But the first match, we get El Matador versus Shawn Michaels. with. Are we going to skip Sherry. over um, Bobby Heenan calling her Tito's cousin, Arriba McIntyre? Yeah, I was, was going to mention that. Yeah, <laughs> I laughed as a kid. Like, I laughed again thinking, because, I don't know why that stuck out in my head. <laughs> I was like, what show was that she was on? I'm like, oh, it was this one. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's, uh, it's Tito's cousin. It's like, what are you talking about? Oh, Arriva. It's like, well, you stop it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, anyway, this match went just over ten and a half minutes. Was it El Matador, Tito Santana, or just El Matador at this time? Uh, I think he just became El Matador, Tito Santana. So I think it's about to not be. Okay. Uh, well, Shawn Michaels at this time is doing his super kick, which Gorilla Monsoon calls the reverse crescent kick as a cutoff move. So that's not even his finisher at the time. But he ends up winning by holding onto the top rope during a body slam attempt. He lands on Santana and he pins him. Uncle Dave said, quote, not bad, but disappointing. Pretty dull, although Michaels spent the last minute doing his Kurt Hennig impression by bumping all over the ring. He and I both gave it two stars. What say you? I gave it two. I did like one thing at the beginning when um, Shawn Michaels making his entrance. Uh, you can hear Bobby Heenan because, like, they're still filing in. And from my knowledge, yeah. they open the gates late. Wow. And uh, he says on there, oh, these idiots, they set their clocks back instead of ahead, so they're all late. <laughs> what the hell? Like, that's a pretty good cover. <laughs> yeah, I love Heenan. Yeah, he, he threw in a lot of gems on this one. What was the back of the back of Michael's jacket? What did it say? I'm too sexy for I this event. 
Yeah, or for this oh. crowd. No, okay. Yeah, I have that figure right here on my wall. I have the Jax version of that look, but he's like his jacket just says like has his logo on it. It doesn't say yeah, that. This, this one has the full thing. Yeah, I I remember seeing that figure. I was like, ah, huh, WrestleMania eight. Uh, it's a little surprising to me that they've actually come out with quite a few WrestleMania eight specific figures. Somebody at Mattel really loves WrestleMania eight. But we now get an interview in front of the live crowd where Sean Mooney calls out the Legion of Doom, who is bringing out Paul Ellering as their manager. Was this his debut? It was, yeah. Okay. You can tell by the way Heenan's, like, shocked. Yeah. Uh, Well, they cut a very long promo that I guess was just meant to introduce Ellering to the WWF audience. And Uncle Dave has to throw in, nobody knows who the hell he is. Like, uh, I mean, some people probably I'm sure don't. there were a lot of hardcore fans that knew exactly who it was. Yeah, it's like he acted like the crowd was dead for this. It's like uh, it sounded like they were pretty loud. They even chanted LOD when when Animal got him to start chanting. So either way, Jake Roberts is now interviewed in his locker room by uh, about his upcoming match with The Undertaker. They show clips from the funeral parlor where Jake slammed Undertaker's hand into a casket, DDT'd Paul Bearer, and then he hit Undertaker in the back with a chair. That's a very famous segment, if people don't remember. But getting to the actual match at hand here, it was Jake the Snake Roberts versus The Undertaker with Paul Bearer. It went just over six and a half minutes. After two DDTs, Jake goes outside the ring to try to take the urn from The Undertaker, but The Undertaker tombstones him outside, rolls him in, and pins him. Nothing much to this, but it got The Undertaker over as a killer. Uh, Uncle Dave said, quote, real bad, especially considering how anticipated this was. He gave it three-fourths of a star. I give it one and a half stars. What say you? Yeah, I get one. It was a horrible letdown. Keep in mind, though, Jake was on his way out. Apparently, he basically held them up, not warrior-style for money, yeah. but said that uh, he wanted out, and if he didn't get released, he wasn't going out to do this match. So, yeah, I'd heard. Uh, well, right, he said right. that himself on, oh, his, yeah. on his documentary, so that's yeah. the only reason I quote it, because I heard him say it. So. Yeah, I had read that he... Uh, he quit right before this match, and it's like, oh, well then. Well, wouldn't he be at Halloween Havoc 1992? Yeah. In that epicness, you know, with the coal miner's glove? <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> yeah. We got to review that someday, Greg. Do we? Do we? Do we really? Uh, I mean, we, we should. Of I, I don't course, see October, not. folks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Maybe next year uh, for the anniversary. But mean, mean Gene Okerlund interviews Bret Hart and Roddy Piper backstage before their match, and things almost get physical. Piper's making jokes about growing up knowing the Hart family and how Bret was always slow to, to pick things up. Bret is all business, though. I, I dug the energy of this one. Like, Piper starts out getting real silly and talking about, you know, growing up, you know, your mom would always make us bologna sandwiches, you know, slap the butt, you know, only one piece of bologna. But, you know, it was fine, though, you know. And talking about Bret Hart, you know, always wetting his pants and whatever. Like, what the hell was that about, dude? I mean, how <laughs> I did know. you get a baloney promo before a match? <laughs> and talking about Bret Hart wetting his pants and whatever. And, and Bret's like, yo, hey, I want the Intercontinental title. And they, they almost come to blows. I, like, and Piper I love that pulls his thing. belt off and, like, he's going to cream him with it. I, I know. <laughs> my, my favorite thing was, was Piper's line where he's like, why do it here when I can uh, have a million people watch me rip your head off? I'm like. Wow, nice. Aren't those million people watching this right now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like there's so, a million people in the crowd. So, like, the 
better thing to be like 60,000 people can watch me do it. Yeah, right. But here we go. It's Rowdy Roddy Piper defending the Intercontinental title against Brett the Hitman Hart. This one went just shy of 14 minutes. Man, uh, I did say that freaking bowl cut on that damn referee is so distracting. Oh, I think it was epic. You shut your mouth. That I was that like, the bow tie. Oh, man, that he looks like I was like, damn, dude, save some ass for the rest of us. <laughs> <laughs> he was clearly a ladies man. All right. He got all the numbers at the bar. <sighs> he is the bar. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when talking about countries are broadcasting from, by the way, Keenan says that he's going to be in Sheffield, England in a couple of days. Gorilla Monsoon says, well, I'm sorry to hear that. Heenan asks if Monsoon is going to be there, too, and Gorilla says, yeah, unfortunately. Wow. <laughs> like, damn, dude. I, I didn't like, catch that. <laughs> yeah. No offense to anybody in England, but I've heard people from the U.K. themselves say, never go to Sheffield. So Really? Yeah, apparently it's a dump. Hmm. There you go. But anyway. Wait, there's other places in England other than London? I'm shocked. There's Manchester. <laughs> That's where the British Bulldogs from. Bret Hart bled like a stuck pig in this match, claiming that it was accidental and he was opened up the hard way. Uh, the goofy looking referee gets bumped. Piper grabs a ring bell and he's about to hit Bret Hart with it, but he decides against it. He tosses it aside and locks in the sleeper hold. But Bret kicks off the turnbuckle and rolls it into a pin just in time for the goofy looking ref to get up and make the count. <laughs> Bret Hart wins it. Uncle Dave and I both gave this three and a half stars. What say you? I went a little higher. I said four. I love this match. I did, too. I, I, I really liked it. It was a great technical match with some brawling mixed in there. Damn, man. It just uh, this was almost like a dream match at the time. I remember watching it thinking, like, I was going to hate Piper after this because he was turning bad. Luckily, yeah. he didn't. But yeah. Yeah. Neither I forget. Did. I forget who I was rooting for in this match. When I was watching. I watched this one live. I just forget who I was rooting for. I liked them both. And a face versus face back then was a really weird thing, man. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Roddy Piper, obviously, at at the like, if you watch the match, he's doing like heelish stuff. But that's kind of just like what he does in the match. But he doesn't actually go full heel. He and like I said, even had a change of heart where he's about to blast him with a ring bell. And he's like, no, because the crowd's like starting to boo. And he looks around. He's like, nah, and he tosses it aside. It was good stuff, man. Really, really good. They ma they both maintain their baby face, you know, uh, status. And after the match, Piper shakes Hart's hand. He puts the Intercontinental title around his waist and they celebrate together. So that was a cool moment. Now, 1992 was a big year for Brett. Yeah, I think uh, not to give anything away, but around uh, SummerSlam time, we might uh, look at another big triumph of his. So I mean, he good Lord. No, that's when it happens in November. Not SummerSlam. Well, he, no, well, I mean, he didn't win the tie. He lost the match, but it, he had a great match is what I'm talking about. It's SummerSlam. Oh, don't be one of those. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean. I him, you, he him made it, it all about him because he's a freaking little prima donna. Those yeah. Bulldogs moment. That was not his moment. That was my moment. Like, shut up. I think that was a stupid thing for him to say for sure. But oh, I, yeah. A lot both, of things he said is stupid. <laughs> both of them. But, hey, man, Bret Hart loves him some Bret Hart. All right. But, uh, yeah, I, both of them put on a clinic. I, I love that match, and we'll be talking about that. But anyway, getting into uh, this next segment here, we get a satellite interview with Lex Luger and the commentators. Luger is putting himself over. 
and uh, he's also putting over the World Bodybuilding Federation. It ends with Luger taking his shirt off, flexing, and then drinking a glass of milk. Uh, Flex must pose. Yeah, this was just like, I like how Bobby Heenan, you know, is like so giddy to see a shirtless Lex Luger. And then and then Lex snaps his fingers and a beautiful woman brings him a glass of milk that he drinks right there in front of everybody. Like, what the F is going on in that house? Far Cry from uh, Star Wars Series 93 where he's doing a promo and his wife and kids are right there with him. Gosh, I know, right? And according to Bruce Pritchard, that uh, <laughs> that whole thing was like torture. <laughs> but anyway, uh, we now go to the locker room where the Mountie, the Nasty Boys, and the Repo Man are all talking trash about their opponents. What a motley crew that is. <laughs> it looks like four guys at a Halloween party where somebody left out the bowl of cocaine. <laughs> uh, it's just, this was the goofiest bull crap. I just, wow. <sighs> and then we go in front of the WrestleMania logo backstage where... Uh, we get an interview with Sergeant Slaughter, Jim Duggan, Big Boss Man, and Virgil. Uh, this seems like something goofy that should have been on a Survivor Series. It's just like, ugh, man. But you want to talk uh, about... Virgil's face, by the way. Let's... <laughs> yeah, he's wearing a face mask. I, don't, I guess he broke his nose I, or something. I don't even know the backstory of that. I'm stumped. I forget. I Yeah, something happened to his nose. That's all I know. <laughs> but... If somebody could fill, fill us in, that'd be great. I have to go back and look now at the past superstars, because I'm like, why is he wearing that on his face? Well, you know, you want to talk about big, triumphant moments, man. Here we go. The Mountie, the Repo Man, and the Nasty Boys, with Jimmy Hart in their corner, are taking on Sergeant Slaughter, the Hacksaw Jim Duggan, Big Boss Man, and Virgil. This went just shy of five and a half minutes. Yes, an eight-man tag went just shy of five and a half minutes. But, uh... Yeah, you'll you'll be think, thinking the the wrestling gods for that one. Ray Combs. Thank you, JBL. Of, uh, Ray Combs of Family Feud did the ring announcing in exchange for the WWF guys doing his show soon after this, which Bobby Heenan puts over on commentary. Apparently, it was Bobby Heenan and three other guys from the WWF taking on competitors from the WBF. I know Whatever. one of them was Shawn Michaels because he takes a shot at Michaels a year later. Ray Combs does at the Survivor Series 93. He goes, you yeah. know, when Shawn Michaels was on the show, he said, tell us the state that starts with the word new. And he said, new Braska. Apparently hell? that was real. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Good grief. <sighs> yeah. So uh, Ray Combs, for those who don't know, you know, anything about Family Feud, he was he the second or third host of Family Feud. I think Maybe. he might have been the second. Yeah. Uh, took over for, I, I can't remember the guy's name, but the first guy who hosted the thing. Yeah, he hosted it for like a million years. Uh, but yeah, unfortunately, Ray Holmes, uh, you know, committed suicide, you know, uh, later on. But obviously it was well past this. But he, he was pretty funny. He uh, makes a lot of jokes about the, the heels and, you know, he gets over the survey. He was a comedian, from, right? I don't know. I don't know what he was. I, I I, I don't know anything about him past uh, him being on Family Feud, so but he was he was pretty funny. Uh, you'd have to go back and listen to some of the the jokes he tells at, at this because he says, "Well, we asked a hundred people, and a hundred people uh, said, you know, whatever, doing the Family Feud thing." But everybody gets jobber entrances for this match, by the way. Uh, the match ends with miscommunication from the Nasty Boys, leading to Virgil pinning Brian Nobbs. Yeah, Brian effing Nobbs, man. He got. 
he probably got a, a bonus of F money after this. <laughs> but what the hell? I just, what? But anyway, uh, I said blah filler. Uncle Dave gave us a fourth of a star. I gave us an even star. Let's see who. I had to give it something, so I gave it a star, but it was yeah. brutal. I don't know why this was on the card, but whatever it was. Uh, Sean Moody, the main event wherever he goes. Yeah, he sold out the Hoosier Dome. <laughs> Him and Nels would sell out Wembley a couple months after this. Yeah. Man, that's it. Hey, Go another Instagram. He tells you all about it. Dude. Another tease for that show. Man, man. But anyway, uh, Sean Mooney is now backstage with Ric Flair and Mr. Perfect. They're looking at a blown up picture, supposedly a centerfold style picture of Miss Elizabeth. But oh, they won't that, show the camera. That reminds me. I forgot to mention this at the way beginning. Did you catch at the beginning? Like when they opened WrestleMania, he is looking all around for a picture. Uh, Do you remember yeah, that? Like him and I think so, yeah. the show. Look, tease build up the build up to this was that Flair and Perfect were gonna blow that picture up and hang it at the top of the Hoosier Dome. Wow. Yeah, that's yeah. I forgot all about that. Yeah, you know, none of this stuff would fly in twenty twenty one. Especially what you see in the match, but yeah. Yeah, this was just like it's like what what were they they shaming her for going out on a date with Rich Flair or what supposedly? Hey, you know, the payoff of this we'll get to later, but just like the hell. But the Nature Boy does his usual magic on the mic. We now go to Mean Gene Oakland outside. Oh, God. <laughs> Good grief. Uh, mean Gene Oakland is outside the Macho Man Randy Savage's locker room, saying that Savage is not giving interviews to anyone. We now go to the World Heavyweight title match. It is Ric Flair defending against the Nature Boy. He is the Nature Boy. It is the Nature Boy, Ric Flair, defending against a Macho Man Randy Savage. Literally about- boy versus man. <laughs> Uh, this was, in the name, wow, yeah. that's I didn't even think about that. Yeah, uh, first name Macho, last name Man. Oh yeah, check the boots. <laughs> anyway, uh, this went about 18 minutes. I said in the style of WrestleMania five, the champion comes out first. Ironically, Savage is the challenger that comes out second. Well, it's uh, his prerogative. You want to come out first? Yeah, uh, I have a Jax figure of this Ric Flair and a Mattel figure of this Macho Man. So I have that Mattel of that flair, not that Macho Man. Oh, I didn't even know they made a Mattel of that that flair yeah, all red. It was, it was the GameStop exclusive, and that one looks like an arcade box. Ah, okay, I remember now. That's that's why I didn't buy it because I was like, well, I already have it. Plus, I have like two Mattel flares already. You uh, can't have anyway. enough flares, dude. I got like six, and they're all different. <laughs> wow. Uh, before the bell sounds, uh, Mr. Perfect roughs Savage up a bit outside the ring. Flair got busted open on roughs, the railing. Roughs him up. So like you sound like a father talking to a kid. I'll rough them up. <laughs> As a, this, the, you know, if if the mafia were real, which they're not, but if they were, that's the honest with they yeah, rough them up outside and you know, let, let them know. <laughs> but Flair got busted open on the railing, and he nearly got fired for this afterwards because Brett made his blood look accidental while Flair clear, clearly bladed. But you know, it's a championship match, so Flair must bleed, pal. But. After an elbow drop, uh, Mr. Perfect yanks Savage off of the pin. The referee goes down for a uh, just for a second here, and Flair puts a foreign inanimate object on his hand, and he punches uh, Macho Man with it. That was not the end, by the way. Uh, a parade of agents come down with Miss Elizabeth to ringside, begging her to go to the back. It's funny that one of the agents is J.J. Dillon. Yeah. 
<laughs> I was like, wow. One of them is Shane McMahon, too, by the way. Uh, in the end... With a sweet uh, bullet. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I laughed about this because uh, the, the first agent you see is uh, Dave Hebner. And he's, like, dressed in, like, an actual suit. And then he's wearing, like, bright white sneakers that do not match the outfit. And he's jumping around like, no, no, go to the bag. Like, he, he's freaking out. But any, anyway, uh, in the end, Savage rolled Flair up with a pin, and he grabs the tights. I said, what a damn match. Uncle Dave said, quote, this lived up to the hype. Uh, duh. Uh, he gave it four and a four stars. I gave it an even four stars. What say you? I gave it four as well. Really? Yeah. yeah. Really effing good match. This was my favorite on the whole card. Even with the shenanigans, I loved it. And usually I take points off for it's like, ah, there's you know, so much going on. But it's like, it fit, and I loved it. But after the match, Ric Flair gets in Elizabeth's face in the corner, yelling at her. And Liz goes off on him with slaps, sending him back. Macho Man jumps on Flair, and then Mr. Perfect jumps on Savage. Flair and Perfect beat Savage up while the agents try to separate everyone. J.J. Dillon's got Flair's blood on his jacket. Probably not the first time. Holy uh, crap! Am I wrong? Wow, I'm really alone. <laughs> what? If Flair bled a lot, and J.J. Dillon was there for all of it. No, there's just too many jokes I can make. I'm going to leave it alone. Okay, cool. Uh, tons of pyro goes off finally for Savage's celebration as his theme plays. Uncle Dave notes that the show might as well have just ended right here. Eh, yeah, I mean, we don't get much better than this. This is kind of the high point of the show. Just the main event's interesting, though. Don't go away. I and uh, I had fun with the next match. I'll say there's that. another match. Oh, I was going to say there's something else. <laughs> we'll talk about it. Sean Mooney's backstage with, in Ric Flair's locker room. Mr. Perfect is going nuts. And Bobby Heenan bursts in. He says, it's all on camera. Savage had the tights. Don't worry about it. And uh, Flair was wrong. Yeah. Uh, Flair says that they're going to reassemble their team and and get the title back. Mr. Perfect goes on about how Savage is a cheater, just like his wife. And Flair gets angry and pretty rapey about Miss Elizabeth. This is where he ends his promo by saying he's going to kiss her on her moist, wet lips. And I'm like, what the frick, dude? This was almost as bad as when Goldust said he was going to go outside and stick his tongue down people's throats. You remember that? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you all always shut up. I'm going to come down there and shove my tongue down all your throats. Like, bah. Anybody, anybody think you're making that up? It's in the archives. I believe it was Bar- – was it Buried Alive? I think so, yeah. Yeah, I want to say it's Buried Alive. Yikes. That was uh, – there were children in that audience. Whatever. Think of the but, children. Then we go to Mean Gene Okerlund backstage with Macho Man and Miss Elizabeth. Okerlund calls Savage out for grabbing the tights, but Savage says he doesn't care because he wants to fight Flair again so he can beat him up some more. This was there was a lot of passion in this promo. I loved it. I loved this uh, th- this whole feud. By the way, I just thought about this the other day. They had a feud in WCW as well. Do you realize every time these two had a feud, it was very personal and involved Savage's family? Mm-hmm. That was nuts. I mean, I think it made it better, but I just now thought of that. Here's a fun fact, too. Randy Savage, every time he held a world title, the person that took it from him was Ric Flair or Hulk Hogan. Wow. Yeah. That's nuts. Yeah. It's like uh, he only few of those two for the world title ever. That's what it felt like. Yeah. And not a bad two. And, I'm, and we're talking about two different companies, by the way, too. So. Right. 
<laughs> hey, he was. They were always in the mix. Uh, but we now see clips of from uh, the WrestleMania press conference where Hulk Hogan was named the number one contender for the WWF title, and Sid gets angry about this. Then, at Saturday night's main event, in a tag team match, Sid refused to tag in Hulk Hogan, and he walks out of the match. It's then, bogus! Then, on an episode of The Barber Shop, Sid Justice grabs a steel chair and he destroys the set, shouting for Hogan to come out and face him. We finished the video with clips of Sid destroying a bunch of jobbers. Do you remember, um, or you saw it clearly, did you notice that he had the white stuff all over him? I think something happened where, like, uh, shaving cream exploded or something by accident. Did it was some kind of, yeah, it was some kind of dust. It was all over the damn place. I was like, I thought it came from, um, the, the barber pole, maybe, like, if there was something in it, like a powder. I think like, they just use real props for, like, the barber thing, and it's like, that's what a barber would use on your head or something. Well, I yeah, I, I couldn't tell where it came from. I just saw I was like, what the frick? Like something exploded all over the damn place. I'm like, all right. And apparently this was at a time, by the way, where Brutus Beefcake, they thought he was never going to wrestle again. He was still recovering from that boating accident. Yeah. And he was starting so, to break his face again, right? Uh, Yeah, I don't remember. I, I know he didn't get physical at all with Beefcake. Uh, it, it, so I don't know. I, I will say this. I mean, kudos to whatever surgeon he went to that had to reconstruct his face, man. Cause I mean, I couldn't tell. I yeah. If, I mean, I couldn't either looking at it side by side. You can tell, but like not just looking at him. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not quite as like, uh, like for instance, like Mark Hamill, you could tell after he got into his accident, like his face was very different, but this one, I remember when I first watched Star Wars, I thought it was a different guy in empire strikes back. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, this one, uh, when would he step back into the ring officially? Was it WrestleMania 9? It on WrestleMania 9, but I think he might have been on TV before that to set up WrestleMania 9. Like okay. he had a match and DiBiase and IRS threatened to break his face with the briefcase or something like that. Ah, okay. Well, hey, man, in, in uh, two and a half years from here, he'd be main eventing Starcade. So there's that. <sighs> for... <laughs> uh, More of this, quick. but for fuck's sake, you said that. <laughs> Oh, come on. Uh, well, Good Lord, I can't believe you said that. Why do you got to bring true. that up? Because it was history, pal. God dang it. It's also true that Lawrence Taylor had in WrestleMania, so I don't know what's yeah. worse. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know what the hell was going on until they zoomed in here. Native Americans are filling the ring, doing a war dance and a war chant. And then we go back to Sean Mooney with Rick Martell in, the, in his locker room. Martell says that He's going to have to disinfect the ring with arrogance. And then he says that there may not even be a match because last he heard, Tatanka was still outside scalping tickets. Because that's not racist at all. I was like, holy mother of God. Chalk that up to things that wouldn't fly in 2021. <laughs> that's just, wow. I'm like, holy crap. Do you get the pass because you're French Canadian and you're kind of swarthy? I don't know, but... Either way, this one is the model Rick Martel versus Tatanka. It went for about four and a half minutes. The Native Americans continue to do a war chant outside the ring when they start the match. I was like, mother of God, please don't tell me this is going to go on throughout the whole match. What was wrong like, with that? I, I didn't even know what, like. Oh, it's not really a gimmick. This is life. Yeah, but, like, I, I don't know. I heard the, uh. Like, I've heard war chants in the past, whatever, but this one sounded like, I don't know, really weird to me. I was like, 
what are they doing? And like, it took me a minute to figure it out. I'm like, oh, okay. But anyway, uh, Tatanka wins with a running crossbody into a pin that seems to stun everyone, including Tatanka himself. Uh, Dave Meltzer said, quote, the entrance was longer than the match and neither one got over. Uh, he gave it one and a fourth star. I gave it one and a half stars. What say you? I gave it one, but man, I remember loving Tatanka when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. And have you officially got this figure or are you trying to? I don't have that one, but I have a Tatanka Elite. That well, okay. one just this one just came out. OK, yeah, because I, I know you said you were trying to get it. I didn't know if you yeah. ordered it yet or not. No, I'm hoping to find it in stores because you can't order it, really. Ah, okay. Now, for those who don't know what we're talking about, he's wearing tights in this one. I think this is the only time he ever wore tights, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I thought it looked kind of weird. I didn't really care for it, but whatever. Uh, up next, Sean Mooney is in Money, Inc.'s locker room where they talk trash and laugh like mustache-twirling heels. Uh, we then go to Mean Gene and Okerlund backstage with the natural disasters who scream and shout and smack each other's chests. So yeah. there's that. Is it just me, by the way, or were they very incoherent? I couldn't understand. I couldn't. Uh, dude, I couldn't hear over all that party in the back from Typhoon's hair. <laughs> that mullet was whew, high, high and tight. And tight. Just mwah. And think about this. He was in the world tag title match here at WrestleMania 8, and soon he would go on to be the Shockmaster, wouldn't he? Yeah. Uh, just, a year later, a year and a half, some of that. Oh, man. Uncle Fred is moving up in the world, man. Anyway. Good this, God. This is Money, Inc. Teddy I think that's Biasi. Uncle Fred. Uh, no matter Teddy what Cody B- ever does in his life, that's going to be his legacy. <laughs> yep. And we didn't say it on TV or documented at all. We just know it because Dusty said. <laughs> yep. That's uh, pretty sad. And then he would go on to just dress like a construction worker and be the butt of every joke. Yikes. But anyway, uh, we get Money, Inc., Teddy DiBiase, and Irwin R. Scheister. With, they have uh, Jimmy Hart in their corner. They are defending the WWF World Tag Titles against the Natural Disasters, Earthquake, and Typhoon. I will say this is a step up from uh, Tugboat. This went about eight and a half Two-two. minutes. This, uh, this match, man, first of all, this is a second time the champions come out first and the challengers come out second. But, you know, it's a thing for you, isn't it? It's just odd when I see it like a stark tr- contrast for me. And the disaster. Well, I mean, you got to have the disasters come out second because they're going to get the big reaction. Right. I mean, well, yeah, half the building is going to be imploded because of the earthquakes they modify in there. Right. I remember uh, when I was a kid, I used to think that was like legit, too. I thought like the building was actually shaking when he came out because they would shake the cameras to give the effect. Yeah. So I really thought it was shaking when I was a kid. Did you also think the temperature dropped whenever Glacier came out? No, but I did for The Undertaker. Ah, okay. Well, that one might actually be legit, because I guess they used, like, dry ice actually, for the Actually, we've been time. there. It is legit. Yeah. Yeah. It was like so, that. Um, you remember? Because we were, like, only, like, uh, maybe less than 100 yards from the ramp when he came out. And you could I feel remember, it. I remember being, like, feeling the fire, uh, but I don't remember the coldness. So uh, yeah, I remember, uh, not, to off, not to get off track here, but I remember being an episode of Raw in the Cow Palace. And uh, Booker T's pyro was going off. Well, not well. He had two. It was Kane's pyro in the ring, and I yeah. was on. I was on the corner of the ramp, first row, corner ramp, best seats I ever had. And he did the thing with his hands, and the post went up, dude. I swear to you, some of the hair on my arms burned off. Yeah, so. <laughs> Imagine how he feels. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I full disclosure, I was a fan of the Natural Disasters as a kid, so 
Uh, yeah, so you know, I, I can attest. I can tell you it's true because when we were in New York, we were at Target or at, at Toys R Us in Times Square. Man, you jumped in the earthquake when you saw it. Yeah, yeah, I've got uh, earthquake in his uh, blue, uh, like his singles attire, and then I've got a typhoon as well. So I got both of them, not matching attires, but you know, still got them. Either way, the natural disasters spend the whole match beating the hell out of Money Inc. The match ends with a tag champ saying "fuck it" and they leave. Losing the account out. Uh, mm. Uncle Dave simply said, quote, oh, this was bad. <laughs> you don't say. He gave it negative two stars. I just gave it a star. Let's say you. I, I gave it a star, but it's like, I don't know if I want to qualify this as a match. I feel like it never even got off. Yeah. It's, uh, I love how the world tag title match at WrestleMania ends with them going, nah. <laughs> they just leave. Uh, they they had so many weird, inventive ways to not make the National Disasters the tag champions. Do you realize that? <laughs> so stupid. But now we go back. Imiji Nokerlin is backstage with Brutus, the effing barber beefcake, uh, so that beefcake can suck the butt of Hulk Hogan before the main event. Good lord, dude. <laughs> he did. The whole time he was talking about, oh, Hogan is so awesome. I love him. I'm a big Hulkamaniac. He's the greatest. Like, what was this? What was the point of this? Because Tugboat turned on him. Yeah. Someone had to And now we need Brutus. All right, this next match, let's get through this one quickly. Owen Hart versus Skinner in a minute and 11 seconds. Skinner starts the match by spitting. (laughs) Sorry. Okay, cool. You're going to say it. Yeah. Well, oh, I'm sorry. I I, got to rewind a little bit. It's Owen Hart versus Skinner. Uh, but Skinner starts the match by spitting in Owen's face. Owen gets the pinfall with an O'Connor roll. Okay. Wow. Sorry, did you notice, though, it went right in his mouth? Ew, God, no. Yeah. Oh. Dude, it missed, like, it missed the whole upper part of his face. Went right to, like, his <clears throat> nose and below. Oh, gosh. That's what I thought you were going to say. I'm like, oh, no. Lord, so bad for Owen seeing that. Yeah. It went in his. Because for Bruce Pritchard, he really used tobacco. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it uh, landed right on Owen's very uh, prominent nose, we'll say. Oh. <laughs> well, that was always the thing, him and Triple H. The, the, the Jason sensation, he was like, we can stand a mile apart and still be nose to nose. I look like a damn aardvark. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, Owen gets a pin with an O'Connor roll while Skinner was being stupid and playing to the crowd. In the most obvious statement of the year, 1992, uh, Uncle Dave said, quote, Owen looks terrible in that outfit. You don't say. That was like the style, though, for the time. So uh, neon hammer pants with yeah. checkered designs on the side and he wore suspenders. Oh, well, eventually yeah. he would. Yeah, no, actually, wait, did he already team up with Birdman? Were they already high energy? Uh, and he left? I think he was already gone. I, yeah. Yeah, something like that. But no, wait, I think High Energy's coming. Never mind. High Energy's coming. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. Okay. Man. <laughs> Can't wait for that one. Uh, but Uncle Dave and I both gave this a dud. It was barely a match. What, what do you give it? I, I gave it one. I just, I had a chuckle at the beginning and the way they were yeah. both dressed looked like rejects at a, uh, what the, the people that do the YMCA song. Oh, village people. Yeah, it looked like village people rejects the way they were dressed. It's like, <laughs> yeah, oh, I 
felt like with the way Owen was dressed and the way Skinner was dressed, uh, Skinner was going to throw some uh, uh, non-PC accusations at Owen's way, and that's why they got into a fight. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. But anyway. Uh, what else needs to be said? Mean Gene Okerlund is backstage with Sid Justice and Dr. Harvey Whippleman. Uh, Sid shouts at us and says that he's the master and ruler and Hogan is but the learner. And then he promises that this will be Hulk Hogan's last match. We then cut to a video clip of Vince McMahon straight up asking Hogan if he's retiring. Hogan says that or he, he gets really personal and he says that we, he won't know if uh, WrestleMania 8 will be his last match until he wrestles it. And Vince thanks him for all the memories. Uh, we now go back to Sid Justice in his locker room who shouts at us some more, saying that he's going to end Hulkamania, and he said he curses you, Hulk Hogan! <laughs> and he curses Hulkamania. I'm like, uh, what? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I bought that, sure. <laughs> I curse you, Hulk Hogan! I'm like, uh, wrong gimmick, pal. Papa Shango comes out later. Maybe that was to set it up. I never even thought of that. Or maybe I'm thinking too much, like, gi- giving this way too much weight. You I don't know. are. <laughs> All right, but anyway, we're going to take our second to last break. When we come back, it is the main event time. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. It's the very best of professional wrestling's past every Monday on Retro Wrestling Review. I'm your host, Troy, and together we'll hop on my time-traveling wrestling ring and watch along to the greatest matches from yesteryear in the sport of kings. As complex, as controversial, and as brilliant, really, as he is. On Triple R, we'll cover matches from across the world, including American territories, Canada, Mexico, and Japan. Fast action, lots more than that. You'll learn some things, find out about wrestlers and matches you never even knew about, and we'll have some laughs. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Retro Wrestling Pod. Retro Wrestling Review is available wherever you get podcasts, including YouTube, served up fresh every Monday morning. Unbelievable! The crowd! In a rapidly changing world, people wonder more and more about where their food comes from and how it was grown. The farmers who grow America's corn understand how important this is and want to share the stories from our farms of how we are working to grow an incredible crop that can be an answer to sustainability questions and is grown by men and women who value the air, water, soil, and our natural resources just like you. To find out more about how corn farmers are working to feed and fuel a vibrant economy and healthy planet, visit NCGA.com. NCGA, a commitment to the future. Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com. Main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Now back to the show. All right, main event. It's Sid Justice with Dr. Harvey Whippleman taking on Hulk Hogan in 12 minutes, 44 seconds. 
I didn't I didn't notice this until, you know, just now. You notice he wore the colorful trunks, Sid that is, until he like right, started going full <laughs> until he started going full heel and then he switched to black. Did did you notice that? I did, yeah. I didn't even think about it until that. I was like, oh, he was wearing black. I thought he only wore the colorful trunks at this time. But anyway, uh, Sid jumps Hogan during Hogan's entrance, but Hulk fights back while his music blares. I did make this note. Jim Cornette claims that he nicknamed Sid Psycho Sid when he came back to the WWF. But Heenan and Monsoon call him that and beat that name home like a million times during this match, if you noticed. Mm-hmm. I'm like, really? Cornette thinks that like nobody watched WWF before? <laughs> before? Shocker. Yeah. But anyway, uh, Sid hits a chokeslam, a powerbomb, and uses the doctor bag of Whippleman on Hogan. But that doesn't put the Hulkster away. Then Sid kicks out of a big leg drop because... Uh, Reasons. Well, yeah, we, uh, <laughs> we'll get into that here in a bit. Anyway, he kicks out of the leg drop as Harvey Whippleman like, gets on the apron. And he gets involved, and they call for a DQ after he gets involved. Uh, Uncle Dave said, quote, one of the three worst main events in pay-per-view history. <laughs> However, he said he is impressed that Hogan has so much charisma that he can take a match like this, which is completely devoid of anything, and generate interest in it. He gave it negative two stars. I gave it one star because honestly, it sucked. What say you? I gave it one star and the post-match is better than the actual match. That's saying something. <laughs> Getting into it after the match is officially over, Papa Shango runs in and he beats Hogan up, trying or excuse me, tying him in the ropes. All of a sudden, the ultimate warriors music hits and he runs out to help Hogan and Warrior completely clear the ring. Hogan grabs a chair. And after this, it's Hulk and Warrior must pose, pal. Yeah, I know you were saying you blew up. for I even watching it back. It was like, holy crap, man. I forgot how much giddy I got. Like when I heard that music, because when I was a kid, I didn't know why he was gone. He was just gone. And like, yeah. there he is. You know, and like, don't care what people said about the guy. I always be a huge fan of Ultimate Warrior. But yeah, oh, yeah, I just, I just went ape shit. Sorry, we'll blur that <laughs> when he came back out. And then um, the Papa Shango thing, though, I still think he gets too much crap for that because apparently he was not told to go. Wow. Yeah. So, somebody. I, mean, I, I saw an interview with him. He said he was not. He didn't miss any cue. He was never told to go. They said, oh, uh, go now. And it was already too late. Wow. So it's kind of messed up that he gets that bad rap. The main event of WrestleMania, and you forget to send out the guy who's going to lead to the finish. Well, none of that matters because you know how it's going to end. And yeah. I, wanted to get, I wanted to get to this. Why did this match end the show and not the WWE title match? Why? Uh, Warrior? I, I don't know. <laughs> because Hulk must pose. Oh, well, yeah. How the hell did you miss that? Well, I already said Hulk must pose. It's your turn now. <laughs> but, yeah, Hulk and Warrior pose. I have a Mattel figure of uh, that Warrior, by the way. So a lot of WrestleMania 8 Mattel figures. But, yeah, this uh, this would lead to the epic Papa Shango and Warrior feud. Gosh. It wasn't that bad. Yeah, well, Warrior it was, it vomited. Was so, it was so bad. <laughs> yeah, Warrior vomited black goop. And while Shango put a curse on him. Yeah, they just brought that back on Raw, too. Yeah, right? Man, you would think we planned this. God help us. But anyway, that does it for uh, WrestleMania 8. We're going to take our final break. When we come back, we're going to do a quick wrap-up, telling you our final ratings for the show. 
and what's to come next week. We'll be right back. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. It's the very best of professional wrestling's past every Monday on Retro Wrestling Review. I'm your host, Troy, and together we'll hop on my time-traveling wrestling ring and watch along to the greatest matches from yesteryear in the sport of kings. As complex, as controversial, and as brilliant, really, as he is. On Triple R, we'll cover matches from across the world, including American territories, Canada, Mexico, and Japan. Fast action, lots more than that. You'll learn some things, find out about wrestlers and matches you never even knew about, and we'll have some laughs. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Retro Wrestling Pod. Retro Wrestling Review is available wherever you get podcasts, including YouTube, served up fresh every Monday morning. Unbelievable! The crowd! Summer vacation, here we come. Yep, I packed the craft beers I got at Total Wine. Did you remember a bathing suit? No, but I did pack a bunch of summer wines. Whites, rosés, Zinfandels. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. (sighs) The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Now back to the show. All right, we're back. Final ratings time. IMDb gave this 7.4 out of 10. Cagematch.net gave it 7.19 out of 10. I gave it an even, an even 7 out of 10. I guess C minus. What say you? I gave it a B plus. I really liked this show. I I really liked two matches. There were two like a couple other matches that I thought were decent. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, for a historical show, I thought it was really good. Had a lot of good stuff on it. I really did like the year 1992, which like I said, you and I need to review more of uh, moving forward. But yeah, good stuff, man. Uh, I really, I, I do not regret watching this show. I, I, I really wanted to get to this. But next week, something I may regret. It's uh, you're uh, you're going to take a substitution next week, and Jacob Grandi's going to step in for you from Curtain Jerkin. We are going to review ECW's Living Dangerously 2000. Never seen the show. I don't know if it's any good, but it's I don't ECW. I remember either, so. but <laughs> it's ECW, so I'm going to assume it's not all that great. But I don't know. But you will be back with us, Greg, on the 17th. We are going to review WWE WrestleMania 17. That one I am very amped for. Probably my favorite WrestleMania of all time. I think it's so. in my top two. <laughs> It's historic. It's amazing. Lots of historical stuff and lots of lots of news to talk about from that time period, too. I mean, the obvious of WCW shutting down is. Oh, well, thanks for the spoilers. Oh, man. Yeah. And uh, this is uh, an anniversary because uh, we are officially 20 years removed from that WrestleMania. 
think about that. Two decades since that happened, man. I'm looking forward to watching TLC two back. That match, I think top to bottom, this this I mean, I'm sure not every match was five star, you know, Tokyo Dome classics, but a lot of great stuff to talk about there. And uh, one more time, our sponsors are Fubo TV and Fanatics. Links are down in the description. Let them know that we sent you. And don't forget, if you're not listening to us on the Unhinged Sports Network, every Wednesday at 8 o'clock Eastern, we are on unhingedsn.com. And if you missed us, you can check us out the whole show tomorrow, Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern, also on unhingedsn.com. Thanks for joining me today, Greg. Mm-hmm. And we will see you next week, me and Jacob coming at you with ECW. Hey, guys, this is Gabby Douglas. If you have an active lifestyle like me, hydration is key. That's why I love the Hydration Watermelon Smoothie from Smoothie King. Blended with whole fruits, coconut water, and more electrolytes than some of the leading sports drinks, Hydration Watermelon is the cleaner way to hydrate with no artificial colors, flavors, or preservatives. So you can recover and perform at your peak ability during the summer heat. Order online or through the app for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. This is for Bush Gardens Williamsburg. Spot titled BGW slash 21 slash census slash SN slash July 4th slash save up to 40% slash FC slash tickets slash radio. It's a 30 second spot and the code is VBGW02103R. Nothing ignites your senses like the European adventures and world-class thrills of Busch Gardens Williamsburg. Hear the gravity-defying drops and speed of our record-breaking coasters. See the world's most beautiful theme park as you stroll through our elegantly themed villages. And treat all your senses to the live concerts, nightly fireworks and coasters in the dark at summer nights, June 25th to July 29th. Save up to 40% on tickets and fun cards. Hurry, offer in soon. Restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.